Good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. I'm so glad you are joining us today, October 2nd, Friday, October 2nd, already into October, and they've got Christmas supplies out at places I can't believe it, and it's October 2020. A lot of people out there wanting us to get through 2020, and hopefully 2021 will be better. The president, if you are asleep uh, like Rick Van Winkle, or if you were on an island or another galaxy uh, and don't know, President Trump and Melania tested positive for COVID-19, which sent the stock market down this morning, which, um, you know, there are no surprises with God. God knows everything that's going on. Uh, people had very mixed reactions. The stock market did react though this morning to it. And um, <clears throat> here's the thing. The Bible says in James 4, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Everybody listening to this broadcast today or listening to this podcast after October 2nd, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring for you. The question uh, that is before us all every day is, if God brings us home, are we ready to meet him? Are we ready? Are we ready for what tomorrow may bring? Is If COVID comes into your life tomorrow, are you prepared? I can promise you that President Trump has had a plan in place since COVID came out. Most of us live our lives every day without any kind of plan. We've been talking this week about faith and living by the Spirit. And it's okay to plan. It's just you got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you when those plans change. Because I promise you... The president had plans for today that have changed now because of COVID-19. And as you think about what's going on in our world, whether it's the riots, whether it's the the unrest, whether it's COVID-19, Jesus is still on the throne. God is still sovereign, and he wants his people to be in relationship with him. And I'm excited today to have a guy who I've had the privilege of knowing for really about 10 years now. And he is an elder at Ponte Vedra Presbyterian Church, but he's a friend and a good brother in the Lord, uh, Tim Hawes. Tim, thank you for being our guest today on SWAT Radio. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's an honor and a blessing to be here. It is. Uh, you and I have, have known each other. We came to the church about 2010 when we moved here and uh 2011 around that time frame and you know uh i didn't know you that well then you've been a that was about the time you became an elder i believe right yes i've I've been uh on the session over there for a little over 10 years and we've been attending pvpc for the better part of 22 23 years literally ever since we we moved to florida well, if, if somebody just popped into Ponte Vedra Press out on 4510 Palm Valley Road and popped into the service and they're sitting there uh, listening to you, you get up and you share a, a message and have been for about six months now, right before uh, the senior pastor or the guest pastor gets up to share. You've been sharing 
a what I would call a devotional thought specifically related to uh, our giving, not just our money, but our giving of time and other talents. And if somebody just got up, they'd think you were on staff there because God's really used you to encourage people. But you've got 35 years in the business world. You're more... You, more you've more known as a business guy probably in Ponte Vedra than a pastoral staff guy even though you have a heart for the Lord and I've really appreciated that you spent 18 years with the PGA what did you do with the PGA I, I ran two business units for the PGA tour for the first 10 years that I was there I developed golf courses uh, the PGA tour owns a very robust collection of golf courses that they build and own and operate and then for my last 10 years there, I ran the global product licensing business, which is essentially wherever there's any of the PGA Tour product brands are used on products or services. Like a shirt that like says a shirt. PGA. Exactly. If it, says the, if it says the PGA Tour logo on it, the PGA Tour gets a royalty. And we had a couple of hundred licensees around the world that made products using our various logos. And we were the small little in-house division that – Ran, ran that business. So and people can't just print a T-shirt and put PGA on it, right? Th- they can't. Th- they do, <laughs> but they can't. They're not supposed to. Right? They are not supposed to. And we had a we, we spent a lot of our time with our with our legal brethren chasing down those who did exactly that. <laughs> well, and and now um, you well you also worked for Hilton for a while too, right? I actually was in the hotel business for fifteen years before I joined the PGA Tour developing hotels for five years for Hilton and for about eight years for uh, the parent company of Holiday Inn Hotels. Okay. Yeah, and my collegiate uh, background is in hotel and restaurant administration. So I was always a hospitality guy. Well, so you, you were in hotels in your PGA, and now you're kind of out on your own as a consultant with some other people helping businesses and nonprofits you were sharing with me um, maximize their their revenue for what they do, right? I that's, mean, that, that's exactly correct. When when I retired from the tour in 2015, it I thought I was done, but it didn't stick. And so I became a partner with a firm called Expense Reduction Analysts, and we help companies save a lot of money on their overhead expenses and, as a result, are able to pour that money back into their business. In the case of both nonprofits and faith-based nonprofits, that means they're able to have additional um, capital to serve the needs of their constituents, whether that be through programs or services or capital projects or whatever it happens to be, instead of overpaying for things like office supplies and cleaning supplies and all the various things that exist around the edges of a company that the company needs to have in order to be able to do business on a day-to-day basis. And if people are like me, they are not very good at that stuff. I'm not. I'm terrible at those kind of thought processes of of analyzing how to best maximize, and and that can be very helpful. And so just, again, it's, it's expense reduction analyst. You can just Google it or go to us.expensereduction.com. To, to find out more about that. But I want to get into your journey of faith. Great. Specifically, because I know you um, have been meeting with one of our SWAT guys for a long time uh, in, in a in a both a Paul Timothy relationship, maybe a Paul Barnabas at times. And and I want to get to that. But I want to start with you personally. Okay. You grew up 
you told me earlier today in a house that you knew about God. They they took you to church, I guess, but you didn't really know him, right? I, I, I like to refer to my journey as having said for the first 29 years of my life, I knew I knew who God was and I believed in God, but I didn't have a clue as to what it meant to have a relationship with God and to, in my heart, call Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. And over the course of that 29 years, God had my back thousands of times, <laughs> which in retrospect is obvious, but at the time I was oblivious to. And then God put my wife in my life, who is a very godly woman. She's the daughter of a of a, um, a Baptist minister. And I am eternally grateful for the fact that she was willing to overlook the Second Corinthians <laughs> scripture about not being overly or not being uh, une- unequally yoked with unbelievers. Well, uh, at the time, you know, and this is and this is a really good point. You told me earlier that if somebody would have asked you, are you, are you a Christian, you would have said yes. I, I certainly would have w- without having a clue as to what it meant. I, I thought just I believe in God, therefore I'm a Christian. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing that I was by no means a- alone or unique in that respect. And it was, as, 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 says, as I like to say, my wife planted the seed, others watered, and, and God grew me. You know, I went through a process. I did not have this epiphanatic moment, this lightning bolt where I said, I'm a Christian, and a <laughs> choir sang in the background. <laughs> yeah. I... It was a gradual process for me um, where I, I, I kept – the God just kept feeding me, and I, and I was growing and growing to the point where finally one day while sitting in a golf cart on a golf course in Las Vegas playing in a golf tournament with my pastor, I committed my life to Jesus, to him, right there on the golf course. In Sin City? In Sin City. <laughs> oh, my God. We, we lived there for five years, and surprisingly, or, or maybe some find this hard to believe, there is a very, very robust Christian community in, uh, in Las Vegas. I kind of feel like you know the disciple who said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Vegas? Well, obviously it did. I mean, you're, God brought you to faith, and the beautiful part about that is, is that I have watched you, uh, at least in my observations of what you have done with this brother who you meet with and our interactions just reflect a faith in a one true living God. And that's what we've been talking about all week is, is reflecting that faith, living it out, demonstrating it among others. And the most important thing you said, and we've got to go to a break, but when we come back, I want to pick up on it, is the difference between knowing about God and knowing him intimately. You called it a relationship. It is. I, I would clarify, we all have a relationship with God. It's either a bad one or a good one. Great point. It's either man-defined or God-defined. And that was what he talked about with Abel. He demonstrated with Abel mm-hmm. and Enoch. Walking with God is walking with him in intimacy. It's knowing him versus knowing about him. So when we come back, we'll pick up on that. Hey, I'd like to thank you for listening to SWAT Radio. A uh, big shout out to our listeners in Meridian, WMER. Hey, Miss Mary, I know you listen. Thank you. And my mom and dad, thank you guys for listening. Up on the Lighthouse. 
appreciate all the listeners up there and here in Jacksonville and in Georgia on The Truth. We're going to be right back for more SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. I appreciate you joining us today. We got Tim Hawes in the house. Tim um, is a principal consultant now with Expense Reduction Analyst. He's also an elder at uh, Pontevedra Presbyterian Church. He does a lot of lecturing in sports business, and uh, I didn't know you did that. I, when I left the tour, I spent a year actually teaching down at Stetson University on uh, the business of the sports world. It was it was fascinating. It's I enjoyed really every minute of it. It's changed a lot over the years, hasn't it? It it is. It has become you know it, to understand what goes on outside the court in order to allow what goes on inside the court or the or the field or the course to take place is a is a fascinating uh, uh, exploratory of of business. 
Well, you know, I, I've been fascinated to watch how things have happened over the last year, and I want to get back to what we're talking about, but the PGA has usually stayed above the political chatter that goes on. They've been fairly consistent with that. And I, to be honest with you, because of COVID, we haven't seen a lot of golf. I know it's out there, but it's it's been a little bit restrictive. I I was at the TPC last year, right before they shut everything down. As was I. the The, <laughs> the last day of practice sessions, I was working in the smoothie booth <laughs> to raise money for the MS Society. Yeah, and so. then they shut it down. Um, but you know, I've always appreciated that. Um, you know, we were talking about the difference between intimacy with God and knowledge about God. I think uh, there's a lot of people in our culture, and I know as an elder of, of Ponte Vita Prez, you deal with uh, issues within the church, and you see people within the church, and you've been doing that for 10 years. Yep. Um, do you think that's a problem in our culture? I think it's a colossal problem in our culture. In fact, I think it's at the root of the vast majority of our cultural challenges yesterday, today, and it w- will be tomorrow. Um, you know, while, while believing in God or believing in a higher power or whatever you want to call it is is fine, having a relationship, an intimacy with the Lord means, in to me, walking with him hand-in-hand hand, daily, hourly, and and guiding and directing your life through the principle through the lens of what it says in the bible his bible his word is our authority it it, it is our absolute authority the bible is inerrant it is the perfect word of god it was perfect 2000 years ago and it'll be perfect 2000 years from now 6000 years ago whatever. yeah yeah that's all right um and 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 times change but people don't change in the foundational principles of what god has instructed for people and how they live their lives are as relevant in the bible today as they were six thousand years ago yeah people think the lgbt lgbtq thing is new it's not it's been around for thousands of years goes all the way back to sodom and gomorrah of course there's there's nothing Uh new under the sun as it were uh, and and you can take a look at virtually any social challenge today, and you can you can dig into the Bible and you can find where that was has been addressed over and over again since Cain and Abel, you know, since Adam and Eve, right? So, well, you you shared earlier it's been a process for you. It wasn't a bright flash in the sky, Paul on the road to Damascus kind of moment. It was much more subtle and process-oriented. I think that's the way it is for most people. But we live in a culture, too, that wants to accentuate the emotional, even within churches. I mean, we tend to focus, even in our music, you know, two weeks ago you were there when I I preached and filled in for Pastor Cooper Mm -hmm. at Ponte Vedra Press, and we didn't have any music to start with. And... People think that worship at church is only music-related. And actually, the reading of God's Word, even devotionally sharing like you do, that is all worship. And I think we have a tendency as a culture to focus in on, oh, that was good worship about music and not so much 
if somebody were to just stand up there and read the word of God line by line, verse by verse, when it's all worship, do you have you evolved in the way you viewed that too? There's there's no question about it. I mean, I, like like many church attendees, there was a period of time when you know I had church completely backwards. Right, I was going there to be quote unquote fed. It was all about what was coming to me. I was going there to be entertained by the music. I was going there to be encouraged by the word, as opposed to going there for me to worship the majesty and the holy and the perf- and the perfection of our God, and doing that through hearing the word and doing that through. Uh, listening to the music and 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 worshiping through that music, you know, my wife is one of the 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 believers who will throw her hands up in the air and re, you know she really gets into it, and to the point where she is very frequently brought to tears mm-hmm. by listening to music or by or by reading scripture. I guess I'm a little more of a stoic type of a personality. I tend to keep my hands in my pockets a little more, um, but, but I I look at church as our opportunity to spend time, and, and look, church isn't just an hour on Sunday. Church is life, right? The body of Christ exists 24-7, 365, and you're always in church, and you're always communing with God, and you're always praying, and you're always thinking about what direction you know it's the old what would jesus do uh-huh. thing and that and that's exactly right and that that's the way you need to be i'm not trying to preach here no 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 that, that's the way that's you you need to lens put a See, lens on your life this is what i'm talking about this is here's a business guy and i say that uh with respect not as no, in a bad way but you're a guy who's out in the business world who you feel passionately about the lord as he's grown your heart toward him but it didn't come because you just went to church one hour on a sunday it it did not come that way and that's the way most people in our culture think you grow in the lord well i went to church today and and i'm growing no you have been very involved in going to other groups that meet a faith community that meets to go into god's word to learn you've met individually with people who've mentored you you've mentored people and through that process god has continued to not only refine your intimacy with him but what you display to other people so much so that now you're on a radio program and you're apologizing for preaching how many businessmen do that it's i guess it's probably a, a rarity but you you bring up a great point which is that you know church the church experience on sunday is one portion of the the or one small way that i am fed um th- that my faith is 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 fed and grows D- daryl who who i do the 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 one-on-one discipleship with he and i always use the phrase that we are cracked vases where water is pouring out the bat, the bottom and we need to be constantly filling it in the top and when we miss our discipleship for a week or two weeks perhaps we'll be texting back and forth saying my vase is running low right <laughs> and 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 we need i need to constantly be in the word to continue to refresh and energize me and let god speak to me through uh through his perfect word and I, you know, and Daryl is a guy that I've known for a long time. I've met with him 
you know, we met for a long time, me, him, and another guy. And this is the thing that God's kind of revealed to me over my journey is that it's not just one person meeting with you, taking you through God. Like Paul says, you know, he uses one to water, you know, one to plant the seed, one to water, one to prune, one to do other things. I mean, it is a process and it's a community that grows disciples. And the one thing that I've loved about our, our church, uh, especially in the last, I don't know, a couple of years is as God continues to refine Richard, the pastor, yes, that has passed on to us. He, you know, he, he, we went through on the radio over the summer, the book letters to the church by Francis Chan, because I personally was challenged and grown in my own faith as Richard laid that out for everybody as our shepherd for us as a church to really dig into and the people have responded. And again, you know, I don't know what church you go to. If you're listening, there is no perfect church out there. There's no church that has it all together. It's not about the pastor. And my wife and I were talking about this the other day. It's not about having the best communicator because what I hear a lot of times is people in a body talk about how awesome their pastor is, not because they know anything about their personal life or any way they act. It's because they preach or teach in such a way that's interesting. They hold your attention and you walk away feeling knowledge fed and you may be heart fed, but maybe not. But I know this about Richard and this is why we love being part of that community. I know he loves the Lord. And I know he lives that out as best as he knows how. And he's a shepherd. And we live in a culture where there's not a lot of shepherds. And when we come back from this news break, I want to talk to you a little bit and drill down a little bit about shepherding. Great. Because as an elder, you have responsibility to shepherd. And I want to dialogue with you, okay? Perfect. All right. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. I'm talking to Tim Hawes, former Hilton Hotel guy, former... PGA business guy, lecturer, and disciple of Jesus. When we come back, we're going to be uh, talking about shepherding. And uh, Tim is also an elder at Ponte Vedra Presbyterian Church. If you want to listen to this or even yesterday's program that we discussed uh, critical theory and, and kind of our culture, what went on with Daryl Harrison, who does the Just Thinking podcast, you can go to www.swatradio.com www.swatradio.com and click on past programs. We're going to be right back after the news. Stay with us on SWAT Radio.
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I am really excited to have Tim Hawes. I've always loved him. He's got one of the best radio voices I know around. For a guy who's not on the radio very much, he and he told me earlier he did uh, voiceovers. I think, I think if something right now on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I have uh, Taylor Johnson is here with me. If anything happens to him, I want you to come in and be that guy over there. Just you do such a good job. I'll, at I'll be your theological Ed McMahon. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I, I want to read you something, and then I want you to respond to it. Okay. Uh, this this guy wrote a, a, on our article, he says, is a pastor today primarily a shepherd or a CEO? And you can apply this to elders with elder-ruled churches. Unfortunately, this is a conversation that only exists in the American Christian world. I know no other religious movement, Christian or otherwise, that says a local religious institution like churches need to adopt a CEO model of leadership. In much-talked-about interview with an Atlanta, Georgia-based megachurch pastor, Andy Stanley, mm-hmm. Charles Stanley's son, he was asked a question about the imagery that describes pastoral leadership. It served as a model that churches were to follow, but he thinks the church needs to do away with this term and adopt a CEO model. And when asked whether the church needs to stop thinking of pastors as shepherds, he said, Absolutely. That word needs to go away. Jesus talked about shepherds because there was one over there in the pasture he could point to. But to bring in that imagery today and say, Pastor, you're the shepherd of the flock, no, I've never seen a flock. I've never spent five minutes with a real shepherd. It was culturally relevant then, but not now. What do you say to that? Did Andy Stanley say that? Yes. I I, uh, respectfully disagree with that quite strongly i i think the the shepherding um uh metaphor is so relevant as as it pertains to all the different pieces of of a a, your christian walk or your full christian life and you know we have church which is one piece of but I absolutely feel like I am a member of the flock that is shepherded by the pastoral staff at, at Ponte Vedra Presbyterian Church. There are then several other areas uh, of my life where shepherding takes place in small groups, in one-on-one ministries, in, in belonging to various volunteer um, ministries at church, Every one of those has a different element of both pouring into others and being poured into. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you, you brought up the, the ministry, the discipleship ministry that Daryl and I do. It, it, is, it is a team. I, I pour into Daryl, and every bit as much he pours into me. And we both grow and challenge each other as we're as we're dis, uh, deciphering and understanding and dissecting scripture and ha- and thinking through how it applies to our life. But I would love to think of myself as a shepherd. But in virtually every situation where I might be doing that, I'm getting more out of it the other way 
and more is coming back to me in terms of helping me grow and understand what God's plan is for my life. But but let me take you specifically to your role as an elder. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an elder, I mean, you've been in the business world. Do you know any CEOs that would lay down their life for their employees? I can't think. Of, that's a very short <laughs> list. That's a very short do you, list. Do you know any CEOs that really feed their employees or they they want their employees to serve them most of them i mean even reading jim collins book good to great you serve but the overall reason that you serve your people is so they put out a product or they do whatever they do a ceo model is very different than a shepherding model and god throughout scripture refers to himself as a shepherd jesus himself said I'm a shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. That doesn't work with a CEO. No. So I I respectfully disagree with uh, Stanley, too, on that. And I was just curious, as a elder, I've always thought of you guys at Pontevedra Prez as shepherding elders, um, not CEO elders. We believe that the first and foremost responsibility of us as elders is to pray for the body is -hmm. to pray for our our membership to pray for the body of christ to pray for the church while we certainly bring in different people who have different skill sets and and uh take it not take advantage but are able to utilize you know good sound bible-based advice and guidance on how to um, make our make our church prosper mm-hmm. and to be able to better fulfill the, the Great Commission, uh, the first and foremost role of us is to, is to pray. And it's to pray for the church, and it's to pray for the people in the church, and it's to pray for understanding how we can do two things. How can we serve those in need, and how can we uh, help grow the body of Christ by bringing the message to the world. Well, when um, I was doing some research on this, I found out that Charles Spurgeon, who is one of the greatest preachers of all time, at the peak of his uh, ministry over there, he had 6,000 members of his church. He could tell you every person's name and their children's name. 6,000, that, that's a lot. And this guy, when I was asking him about it, he was a researcher, a history uh, researcher for uh, on Spurgeon specifically. And he said, it's not the size of the flock that, uh, that determines really whether the shepherd's good. It's the size of the heart of the shepherd for his flock. Oh, and, and when I went to the Middle East, and to Israel, and we led groups, and we met actual shepherds and interacted with them, they told us that the shepherds could tell you each individual sheep. They named them, and they could tell at night by feeling the back of their head which sheep was which one. They knew them. They knew their sheep. And quite frankly, we live in a culture now, Tim, where a lot of, quote, pastor shepherds don't know their sheep. Sure. And the elders, it's y'all's responsibility as the shepherds of the flock to know the sheep, right? Yes. And and I I, I think in order to be able to do that uh, in a a 
biblical way, you need to be in the middle of it. You need to be involved in uh, uh, volunteer ministries. You need to be involved in Bible studies. You, you need to be in there with the sheep, if you will, as, as much as I'm a sheep. You need to be involved with the body so that you can understand how the, to be of, of the most service to those who, who are in need. You mean it gets dirty? It gets really dirty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of my friends says, if you can't st- stand the smell of sheep, you don't need to be a shepherd. Uh, it, you know, you, you said earlier, if you find a perfect church, you know, don't don't go there because you'll screw it up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, ch- a church is a is a hospital for people with a, a sin problem. And you look at the members of the church as people that you love, you you have Christly love for, but they're flawed and they make mistakes and they 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 need people to help them with their walk. Yeah, I I just I, I again I go back to that a, a lot of pastors resemble CEOs today. And look at what they're required to manage. I mean, you've got multi-million dollar properties. You've got, um, you know, staff that are sometimes in the hundreds that you've got to manage. And it's it's become more like a business, really. It looks more like the PGA than it does like the first first century church. Well, it burdens itself dramatically with with buildings and with 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 capital projects and all these things that are very, very similar to the business world. And as we learned in the Francis Chan study on uh, letters to the church, mm-hmm. th- that just distracts away from the message of the body of Christ coming through yeah. and, or the message of Christ coming through into, into the body of Christ. And, you know, when you look at these churches that have, you know, two and three and five and 10 and 30 thousand members Mm. they are businesses and it's very very unfortunate that in the in the american church and i can only speak to the american church that the line between being a business and being a place of worship has gotten very blurred well i we got to go to a break but i just want to finish with this a shepherd had three or four primary responsibilities one was to lead the sheep and the shepherds always led the sheep by voice. They, 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 the sheep knew. That's why Jesus said what he said in, in John 10. Second, the shepherd's responsibility was to feed the sheep. I think a lot of people just focus on the feeding without the leading today. And third, the, the, the shepherd was called to tend the flock. That means when somebody's hurt, you've got to come in there and help mend that broken leg. You've got to help take care of that sick sheep. And so it requires a lot. Um, And to equip them, you know, to equip them. So, hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. I'm talking to Tim uh, Hawes and uh, Elder at Ponte Vedra Prez. We're going to be right back with our last segment. If you want to call in, you can call 844-777-7928. We'll be right back on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, 
Then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, You've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day and dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. There's a better life, there's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom. Hey, welcome back to the Friday SWAT Radio. I'm so glad that you're with us today. Again, a big shout out to the Lighthouse up in Virginia. Probably getting a little cooler up there for you guys. <laughs> and uh, WMER and Meridian, Jason Dias. Jason, thanks for having us on over there. And uh, we are talking with Tim Hawes. We were talking specifically about shepherds. And, you know, that, it was just fascinating to me about Charles Spurgeon knowing his people so well. And we live in a time that we're just so mobile and so individualistic that we don't know any, we don't even know our neighbors anymore. It's very rare that you get to know people. And I think that's part of what's contributed to the divisiveness in our culture. Would you agree? I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that my wife and I moved into a condominium building four or five years ago, and we probably don't know a, a dozen other couples that live in the building so guilty right <laughs> uh, not not meaning to bring conviction but no. it's convicting to me too you know uh, we we've lived where we are for 10 years and it just takes a while it shouldn't but it does it's, a, it's the nature of our culture right now. I, I think back to when i was a child right and i lived in an, in a suburban neighborhood and you could name 
the, the people that lived in every single house on both sides of your street. Well, listen, I, I can tell you, I lived at 4235th Street. I knew the Sharmans. I knew uh, the Brannings. I knew the Sharps. Uh, Mr. Leslie Hubrick was my next door neighbor who had a lot of cats that I didn't like. But I know I knew all these people. Yeah. You know, uh, Mr. O'Gwen and his wife that lived right across. We played ball. We knew everybody. And we don't know the people like we used to know them then. And and it's that sense of community that I think the, the loss of that sense of community and, and, and kind of civil collectiveness, civil connection that is really having a, a negative impact on our church because people are viewing church today as something that you do for an hour on Sunday. And you arrive there for a 9 o'clock service. You arrive there at 8.59 or maybe 9.05, and you at, at 10 o'clock, you start d- looking at your watch and wondering why the pastor's going over, and then the minute the service is over, you are in your car and you are gone. And th- that is certainly not the concept of what, what when the disciples met and, and shared bread, as it talks about in Acts, um, uh, is it Acts 2, 47 through 48? 2, two, two yeah, 2, 42 four, through 48. 42. They were communing together. They were part of each other's lives. They were helping each other. They were meeting each other's needs. And and that's the basis of where the church needs to strive to get back to. Well, I think um, I think that when we think about uh, the communities, communities themselves, even, you know, we, I as a kid, I remember as a child, I kind of viewed church as an obligation but my parents look forward to going to it, right? But as a child, you want to play, you want to do other stuff, you want to be there. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people view the church service itself a lot of times as an obligation. Okay, I got to go get the check in the check box. Check the box. You and better then, believe and, it. And I've got it done. They're, they're thinking about the Jaguar football game that they're going to, not going to worship God. They just got to get that done before they do that because it's the right thing to do in their mind. Instead of seeing now, listen. I want you to change it for a second. Do you? Let me ask you this, because I was in the military. Do you think the soldiers in Afghanistan and the Marines who are over in Afghanistan view the meetings they have with their sister services before they do a raid is obligatory? Like something? Okay, man, I can't believe we got to go meet with these guys. No. They see it as absolutely essential to come together, to stand together, to be on the same page as they go into war. And we do not have a wartime mentality in the church with uh, the, the, the spiritual warfare that's going on. We think that our neighbors are our enemies. We think the people at our workplace are our enemies. And when, in fact, it's Satan and his minions working through those people, and we are not prepared to deal with it because of our attitude in the the you know joining together i mean do you you get that uh, absolutely uh i mean i remember when i went through the i remember distinctly when i went through the transition of going to church being something i had to do versus something i wanted to do and that was such a major transition in my faith life that it just it just the holy spirit just opened up in in me at that point and uh 
you you. I'm 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 getting verklempt here. Uh-huh. You 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 your whole perception of your interaction with that community becomes a totally different experience when you're not looking to check the box, but you're looking to integrate with people, uh, socialize, learn, worship with people that you love. Well, and here's the thing: a lot of times I find that that when and and now we're we're in a time now because of COVID. The riots, the political unrest, all the stuff we're dealing with, where we all feel, we just feel cruddy. We just don't, you know, we, people are depressed for no reason in their own life just because of the current climate we're in. And it's easy for you to go, you know what? I just don't feel like going to church today. I don't, or let's say there was a time a few months ago, a couple of months ago, uh, where I was really frustrated with life. I was frustrated with some things that were going on. And I remember there were a couple of Sundays that I just go, you know, I just don't really want to go today because I was feeling so bad. I was not, I was discouraged. And that's the time you need to go. That's when you need to go. You need to go be around brothers and sisters who, who can say, Hey, is everything okay? And don't say, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm Thanks. doing great. Cause that's what we do. This is what he talked about in that book and what we covered over the summer is the letters to the church where he drew it right out of scripture. We are a family who should be able to say, you know what? Hang in there. You're not alone. Just to be told you're not alone is encouraging, you know? Well, and that's incredibly encouraging to to receive that messaging uh, through a faith community on a Sunday. It's incredibly encouraging to receive that from a smaller group in a small group Bible study where you really are getting to know people intimately. And when, you know, our Bible study has been together, I don't know, 15, 16 years, basically, the, the, the core of our group of, of seven couples. And, and we, we, we get open. Right with people. Because Wait, you mean you're we, honest? We are as honest as the day is long, and that doesn't mean that that, that honesty doesn't create discomfort. Well, it, isn't it discomforting today to be honest? But that's what. There's nothing freer, I don't think, than having somebody see you, who you really are, at your gut level struggle, and going, you know what? We love you, and, and, and we're there with you. And to know that you have people that are with you, praying for you, and I don't mean, yeah, I'll pray for you. I mean people who are really, on a daily basis, lifting you up to God and and praying for you with a with a heart that is just filled with the Holy Spirit. It's incredibly enlivening. Yeah, you you brought up a good point. We flippantly say, "I'm praying for you" a lot oh, of sure. times, don't we? Yeah. And yeah. and uh, we don't need to. We need to repent of that if we do that, and we need to really pray. Even if you just stop and give what I call bullet prayers, just one minute mm-hmm. prayers for somebody. Uh, those those sometimes I've I've done those prayers for people, and then seeing God do things, and it's just encouraging to me that I prayed for something that only God knew I prayed for and, and something happened in response. Uh, so, well, Tim, we got a couple of minutes left um, in, in just a minute or two, but you've mentioned it uh, several times about Daryl. If there's somebody out there who is not in a one-on-one or one-on-two 
discipleship relationship with somebody or a small group because they go, you know, I just go to church and I'm good. I don't need that. What would you say to that person? I I would say that getting together in a a much smaller group, whether that's one-on-one or one-on-two or a small couples group with three or four couples, it, it is absolutely critical to my faith walk and that if you're not doing that, you are missing out on a huge portion of the joy that God wants you to have. Mm. It, it is, I can't imagine not d- discipling with, with others in, in, a, in a very limited and meaningful and heartfelt way. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, Tim, you, you, uh, you shared real quick uh, at the beginning of the program the difference between relationship a good relationship with god versus knowing about him god created you and me for a dependent intimate relationship but because of our selfishness and our self-ledness that relationship was broken two thousand years ago god sent his son jesus a perfect man to die in our place for all of our self-ledness and selfishness if you've never received jesus as your lord and savior You can do that by simply telling God, God, today from this day forward, I want him. I want you to change me, and I want you to be my king. You just tell him that, and the Bible says that he will do that. He says you appropriate that by faith, and that simply means not just believing in your head about him, but you want to know him. Don't let this day go by without doing that. Tim, thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope to have you back on again soon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Doug. All right. Well, hey, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. You can listen to any past program by going to SWATradio.com. We'll be back next week on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 